talking with your host, Mike Thrays, and I've got my special guest with me again today. It's been a while. Adam Crabb, how are you, mate? I'm good. Yourself? I'm very good. Adam and I just had a bit of a brief chat before we began recording this podcast. We're both in Melbourne at the moment. I'm in the kind of north, northeastern region of Melbourne, which is around Greensboro. And are you Caroline Springs ads at the moment? Is that still correct? I am. I am. It's, uh, yeah, COVID central at the moment. It is. It's a bit of a hot, bit of a hot spot at the moment in the, the inner west. And I think the west has got a bit of the west side's got a bit of the bad rap in, in Sydney too, unfortunately. Yeah. But, <laughs> it certainly does. <laughs> does it certainly does. The, uh, the old west. But we are in a western society, apparently. And we're endeavouring to live by western protocols and both Ads and I have been through a number of changes at the moment. Um, yeah, I think for me, and I've been talking about on the on this channel, I've been doing a lot of work around conscious prosperity and, and business mindset that Adam and I have kind of been talking about really since I began the podcast. I've had Adam on here a few times and it's interesting and I'll, I'll get Adam to elaborate a bit more on this shortly, particularly his Adam's uh, now begun another job. He, he's gone through a bit of a shift and a change at the moment. He, he's in the, uh, he's having a week off between um, starting this role. But what I'm getting at for me and, and beginning this podcast and, and my own transition from a, a corporate accountant to a, a creative and entrepreneur is with this podcast, I've become a lot more business focused again. And it's been an interesting journey for me who went through this awakening space of of getting into nature and and basically writing and and listening to the heart and, and following my passions and then beginning the the podcast with that and reaching out to Adam and, and they're kind of can reconnecting with the business world which it felt really thorough for me ads about a year ago just mm-hmm. talking about business but I'd I'd been through a mentorship program with through the Nice program in Australia which I was really fortunate to have a lot of business support and I think partly why I've been so drawn to, to, to continually connect with Adam and yeah, just continually build these episodes on the podcast around conscious prosperity and business spaces, whether you're in the heart of business or whether you're in a creative field, it's really important to, to have that kind of positive business mindset for receiving. And I think on the awakening journey for me, um, you know, or going through any significant change like what Adam's going through, it can feel like you want to throw the baby out with the bathwater a little bit, as I say. There's a sense you, you kind of, you've learned a lot of things and, and practices, and I had with the corporate world, and then I, I we're fully, I dove deep into the awakening space, and I kind of wanted to turn my back on a lot of the things I learned in business because I'd emerged into that space. But um, what I've found more recent times with my my books and my products and that it's it's really valuable to kind of integrate all parts of the journey and i've really begun to see and maybe adam can can really sense this with his own space at the moment that everything is kind of moving you forward on that that hard journey that hard path and it's mm-hmm. it, it's really quite surprising how it all kind of comes together so is that something you're feeling at the moment adam with with this new stage and step in your life yeah, it certainly is. And I guess from my point of view, I don't regret uh, the time that I've spent at the old job. Um, I've been there about eight and a half years and potentially I stayed there too long. 
Um, but in saying that, I learned a lot of skills, whether it be professional skills or life skills that have allowed me to, to get to this point. Um, so while I'm not necessarily disappointed that I stayed there longer than I potentially should have, I feel like it's put me in a good place to then take the next step and has really set me up in order to succeed in the next step of my career. Um, so it'll be interesting to see once I actually get there and, and see how, how I can apply those skills in a new setting with you know new people, new clients, and just test myself and challenge myself, which is, which is what I'm looking forward to uh, with this next step. It sounds really exciting. I think what I'm, we, Adam and I haven't really talked a huge amount about this in detail. And yeah, feel free to share as much as you feel comfortable sharing, Ads. But I, I guess maybe for people listening to this and go through similar changes or, or similar frustrations, perhaps where they've been in a, a, a role for some time and they're wanting to make that change, I feel that, that change. How was it that you went about this change? What were the what were the kind of the final signs that kind of made you or help persuade you to make that decision? And how did it all kind of come together? Did it was it relatively organic once you made that decision? Yeah, that's an interesting question. I think the and I'll call it the breaking point because it sort of was the breaking point. Um, me by nature, I don't really like to take risks or or you know, put myself out there unnecessarily. And that's potentially the reason why I've remained uh, with the one firm for so long. But the breaking point for me was when I guess the writing was on the wall in that I couldn't, I, I could see that I couldn't go any further. Mm. And no matter what I did, no matter how hard I worked, how much I put in, I would never get that, uh, that ultimate reward, which I've been seeking. Mm. And so, for me, it was that point where I, I I said, well, I can't let it sit in other people's hands. I've now got to go out and make it, make it work myself uh, in a very similar way to the, to the way that you transitioned from accounting into the creative space. I had that realization too. So while I'm not necessarily changing industry, I still, yeah, I, I still thought, you know what, if I can't get what I want, by, by doing what I'm doing, I need to go out and take it with my own two hands. And then I started the process of, of you know, even just applying through LinkedIn and taking that next step. And then once that happened, I started getting calls from recruiters yeah, cool. and I didn't realize that there was so much interest in, in me as a, a professional, given my experience level. Wow. Uh, as I mentioned before, we sort of, we get told, so many different things by so many different people that you lose, you lose that self-confidence mm. and the hearing that so many people were interested um, from a range of different firms, big, small, you know, mid tier to one a sole practitioner with it, with a couple of employees. It was nice to feel valued again, which I think sometimes in, especially with everything that's going on with the coronavirus and we sort of lose sight of, what makes firms tick, which is the people. Because so without the people, it, it, it's not much of a firm at all. So it was nice to feel valued again and, and sort of have that reassurance that uh, you've, you know, you've, you've chosen the right thing to do. Yeah, it's really interesting. A, a couple of things. 
sprung to mind then. I, I think it's um, <laughs> the first time it came to me was something for my book, my first book. I remember, I mean, I was still working with alongside Adam at this point. This is in 2015. And probably a few things, not only just the, the incident I'm about to share, but in before I left, I think um, I'd, I'd always wanted to kind of really prove myself. And I, I had this idea that I, I needed to really control everything. And while that had helped me develop certain connections and relationships with directors and, and staff within the environment that Adam and I worked, and Adam was a really great resource, it, it took a big leap for me to actually let go, to actually start letting people to help me a little bit. And I think that's maybe part of the, the journey um, of going, you know, maybe we're not always appreciated. We, we keep doing the same thing, the same role, and then it, we, we can become a little bit lethargic in that role. We're, we're not necessarily, we're not moving forward. And while that might feel very comfortable <clears throat> and it's easy and you, you get paid and the money hits the bank account, and it, yeah, you usually get some form of CPI increase or whatever. It, it feels like there's a little bit of a, a disconnect. Mm-hmm. And I think for me, yeah, you can relate to that. That's can you? Yeah. Yeah. You sort of get into that rhythm of you, you do what you have to do, but because there's nothing on the horizon to, to keep you interested or entertained, you sort of suffer from that. Yeah if that makes sense it does it's not, it makes a huge amount i i, I call it the, um, the groundhog day syndrome a little bit i've been you kind of <laughs> you, you, you keep beat you know you think you wake up day after day if you if you keep doing the same thing you, you keep getting the same thing and um i was definitely in that space and adam is such a great resource for me that um you know, you, I had I was fortunate even before I met Adam. I had other staff members who who kind of helped who, who approach me, and and uh, oh, they were willing to work with me. And it was and I was able to kind of hand over and, and give more work to them. And it's it's probably never common now. A lot of people talk, you know, the mastermind principle, the delegating authority. But for mm-hmm. me, I, I had that mindset of wanting to do it all myself and control it. And, and for me to actually to allow that new space in, I had to let go. I had to kind of let go and. And I'll give the work to Adam and, and to other people. And Adam, to his credit, and he handled it incredibly well while I went away and he stepped into that space. But what was coming in my head, Adam, um, which I did talk about in the book, in relation to that, and, and you know, that whether it's in the office or the event, I remember on the first day I was walking on my on my Camino um, mm-hmm. and I'd train and I'd pre- I had, you know, you, you do all those steps, you know, the Paralympics mm-hmm. of the moment and, and the athletes do all the preparation to get ready for that. They, they put the kilometres in and I had all the training and I'd applied my training just like I would anything else and I'd taken a few risks. I had a pretty small backpack and minimalist, but I knew, welcome back again, everybody. We had a little minor technical mishap. Hopefully, rather bring it all together. Adam, Adam Crab is here with me again. You still here, Ads? I'm here. I'm here. Uh, <laughs> very good. We have connected with this part of the story. I think that's what I was getting to with the punchline. Is that I had to make a choice on the way of the Isles on this Camino day, and I had to choose which road to go. And I could have taken the more easier option along the the way marked road. It was apparently long more semi-busy highways and it was about a 25 kilometer walk or i could take the more scenic option on this walk 
this day. And that was along the river. I think it's the, the Rhone or the Little Rhone. Please, to any French speaking or French listeners, please accept my apologies for my pronunciation. But it was this beautiful river that comes out of Al, and it would lead eventually to where I was to walk that day, St. Jules. And I was already pretty nervy, nervous. I'd, I'd left Marseille early that morning. I was actually uh, visiting a beautiful French town called St. Baume. Um, which is a city connected with Mary Magdalene. It's this beautiful mountaintop cave. It's kind of this difficult to, to describe. I do write about it in a couple of my books. But, yeah, I was already kind of excited. I knew I was going to be walking that day. I'd left Arles and I got a, a bus to Marseille, but the bus had taken about two hours. It was about an hour behind. And I rushed through the city of Marseille running with my backpack I'm in that go, go, go doer mode. And I, I just made the train from Marseille to Arles. I get to Arles and I got my, you know, maybe the like the preparations for your job, Ed. I've got, I'm getting everything organised. I've, I've got the my my credential, my, which is you call your pilgrim passport stamped. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's about 12 o'clock in the day and it's already about 30 degrees. And I'm beginning to panic a little bit. But my intuition which is something I've grown to really trust a lot more to this point. And it, it was telling me to take the river path. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, I'm a bit uncertain about this road, but all right, let's do it. It, was, it wasn't marked. It was my first day of walking. I hadn't done a lot of hiking, and, but I began walking and, and it was great. But I, I literally hit this point about a kilometre outside the city. And it was a sign. It was, it was blocking the path. It said, danger, do not proceed. And it was very clear, like if you keep walking, you quite likely, you know, you basically won't be able to walk any further. It'd be the road would be blocked off, and and it was a, re- a lot of wetlands in the area, and it was probably renowned for flooding. And maybe that was probably why they had it. But my intuition again kept telling me step over that that crossing, just step over it. And for a lot of people, a bit of rebel, they probably would even think twice. But for me, it was like. Really, like this is one o'clock in the in the in the afternoon. I'm hot. I I can't afford to have to turn around and come back. But I just kept going, and I went again another few kilometers. It was the same, the same crossing, happened again. And I like really okay. Step over it. Step over. And I got to a point where the water was almost encroaching on the road, but I I, I just kept believing. I guess, and eventually they stopped appearing. And and I did. I got to the my destination that day and. I don't know why that story came kind of came up in my head for you ads um, around that, but it was... that I can relate to as well. And going back to where you've, you've arrived at that fork in the road, a similar thing, I guess, symbolically speaking, happened to me as well. In that, I could have chosen to stay and be in a relatively you know stable position. In that you know, a stable job. I'd been there so long that that I was going to be okay, whatever happened. Mm. I get what I wanted in the end of the day. Or I could take, like you said, that path that said danger. Realistically for me, taking this bigger leap in the middle of a pandemic is probably not the smartest move. Yeah. If anything happened, I guess I would be the first on the chopping block given that I'm, I'm a new acquisition and I would presume that they would uh, they would look after the employees that have been with them for a long time. So I get that. Um, 
and I don't know what's going to happen. You, you never know what's going to happen, especially with these uncertain times. Mm. So for me, like you arrived at that, that point, but your intuition said to, to look past it. That's sort of where I'm at at the moment. I'm, I'm just making my way down that, that path. So it will be interesting to see what happens in a couple of months and a couple of years' time. I, I can only presume that everything will, will work out. I guess that's the, the pessimist in me that there's, you know, things at the back of my mind that, that sort of puts me off. But, yeah, so, so far, so good. And uh, it, all the right signs are there. For, for whatever reason, this firm has always – I can't quite put my finger on it. Mm. It's something that it just feels right. And I guess like you did, you, you had that intuition – that's what I followed as well. It's it, there's just that something there that I, I can't. It's not tangible. I can't quite. No, I, I I get everything you're saying, and it's um funny you we're talking about because it's this is something, and I think Adam and I we've we've talked in some of the previous episodes, and, and if you haven't listened to them or you, you're really getting a lot of value out of this one, I'd suggest go back there. There's about fifty episodes now on this on this podcast channel and Adam has been involved at least three or four of them and where he shared a lot of his experience. And what I'm, I'm getting at is uh, Adam and I have had a lot of similar experiences where we, we both, and this is what I, I talk about a lot in my most recent book, which is why I think this is really resonating so strongly is we both kind of came to that high achiever background of, of wanting to achieve and, and please and, and, mm-hmm. and that, and that can be really valuable. A lot of athletes and, entrepreneurs i think michael jordan for me is really at a kind of an icon of that even though he's not necessarily a corporate he I, i've you know i've studied a lot of his work as someone you know not just work in terms of in basketball but I've, I've learned a lot more about him and a lot of athletes that they, they kind of they achieve great things because they come to this place of wanting to really please and they want to really achieve and but what i've also found and it's been really surprising for this is that you kind of come to kind of make changes is this space where to, to go beyond what we've always done. Sometimes we have to give up a little bit of that aspect of the pleasing and mm-hmm. it can be difficult because while Michael Jordan was the athletic space and very much around basketball and he just trained himself. I, I really do believe, and I, I talk about this, that you, you get yourself into a space of flow and allowing and, and that kind of facilitate, and that's like that intuition space. And but the high achiever, from the academic point of view, and this is probably for people to come across this. This might be really worth listening, and and maybe it's with what Adam talked about with pandemic and everything's kind of changing the way information is disseminated and taught to students. The high achievers, they're much taught to achieve through efforting, and there's a sort of learnt knowing and what they're supposed to do. And a lot of it's around knowledge. They need to accumulate knowledge. They need to work really hard. And and, and they feel that their worth is connected to that knowledge and that wisdom. But what I've found increasingly the last few years, studying a lot of, uh, not just someone like Michael Jordan, but people that have achieved incredible success, Think and Grow Rich was a big influence on my um, most recent book, Be Prosperity Conscious. And uh, Napoleon Hill, this is a book that's almost, it's about 80 years old at the moment, but Napoleon Hill, who wrote the book, was influenced by the leading entrepreneurs of the age. He was politicians, creatives, inventors, industrialists, and they all 
Well, no, not all. This is interesting. They they definitely had a lot. They developed their skill and their acumen, but a lot of them actually didn't have necessarily a huge amount of secondary skill or secondary mm-hmm. or primary knowledge. But what they did is they were able to kind of practice their craft in an intuitive space. They became a lot more aware of their their subconscious uh, programming and their and their doubting mind. And I can definitely relate to what you're talking about, Adam, either with when you, you make that change and what Adam was saying before, your, your mind and an intuitive mind, sometimes you get in a space where you, that comfort zone, where you doubt yourself a little bit, you've achieved great things and, and the reality kind of reflects back to you where you don't feel really valued. But you, if you listen to that intuitive hunch, which is what Napoleon Hill talks about and I think you rich a lot of these prosperity conscious and even spiritual awakening books around learning to literally follow intuition more than a, a mind. And it can be difficult to actually try to listen to how you feel but more than how you think because mm-hmm. we're, we're taught that it's all about thinking, particularly the high achiever, all about doing. But it's and, kind of like you still think. As well. Yeah, yeah you, you're really cultivating a different level of thinking. Mm-hmm. And thinking from a different space of consciousness is what is what Napoleon Hill wrote about. And he, he met with Thomas Edison, the inventor of the light bulb, of electric light bulb, after 10,000 attempts. Like he, he created all these great inventions. Uh, mm-hmm. Luther Burbank, who was very much into agriculture. Henry Ford is probably one of the biggest influences on that book. Uh, who only had like I think a, a second or third grade level um, teaching, but what they all really found that their strength, while they some of them had more academic background than others, to really bring forward their vision and their change, um, it was cultivating more of the feeling space. Listen to the hunches, and the hunches. It's it's so strange. Like why this why I bring up with what Adam and I've been talking about. We were so the, the high achiever, the pleaser is taught to look for the external programming to affirm worth. Look to how how we've achieved all these great things, and and reality at that level seems to keep affirming. You know what have you what textbooks have you read, or, or what have you learned, and um. How can you do these things? Or what is it the mind that can tell you that what's the procedural process to get to the end goal? But um, listen to the, the intuition of your body and doing things a little bit differently, like walk over a, a roadblock that says there are clear dangers you do not perceive. You're kind of challenging the part of the mind, the, the programming that you said mm-hmm. you have to think that way. It's it cultivating a different space. But it's incredible what seems to happen. And when you just do things a little bit differently, you don't have to make incredible steps straight away. But what I, I think what Adam and I have, have talked about on this channel and, and in, in making changes, it's okay to listen to hunches. And, and sometimes um, Steve Jobs, the co-founder of Apple, was there big on this. He, one of the leading entrepreneurs of the, in the tech industry, a lot of the tech um, giants were kind of built on a lot of the think, grow, rich, prosperity, conscious principles, which a lot around subconscious reprogramming and and following intuition and, and hunches. So, credit to you, ads for for doing it. I think if I could share with anyone that I've learned and on this, it doesn't necessarily make practical sense, and it might not make a lot of. And even what you just go through when mm-hmm. you start out, you're quite likely coming face to face with a lot of those doubts. Like, is it going to work out for me? You know, am I going to walk over this roadblock? Um, am I going to be the first one to kind of get the, the chopping block? But 
what mm-hmm. seems to happen is you grow greater faith and trust in the intuition. And as you are more confident, you allow a lot more of it in. Does that mm-hmm. resonate with you, Ads? It does. It does. And yeah, like you said, it, it's it's not logical at all. And coming <laughs> coming from an accountant, that, that that's what we do. It's logic. Ooh. So oh, no, exactly. I, I I agree with that a hundred percent. And yeah, for me, like you mentioned, it's building that self confidence. I guess trusting yourself to make the right decisions as well. When oftentimes, you know, we, I guess, in our industry as well there are more senior people above us and we'd never, I guess we never ultimately make a decision uh, with such big consequences. Mm. So for me to take the step out and say, you know what, I need to do this for myself, not for anyone else, selfishly for once, because I think I've been pretty, pretty loyal, you know, this whole time to be a little bit selfish, to take that step and say, you know what, I I'd trust myself to make the right decision. It could work. It could not work. But by the same token, you need to, you need to, to explore other options. And if it does fine, I'm, I'm geared with enough knowledge and experience in going through this process to know that there's always going to be something out there for me. And there's always going to be someone that, that uh, values me as I want to be valued. Um, I guess that goes with a, a lot of things in life, whether it's, you know, you're looking at sports or relationships or, or anything of that m- nature. There's always times that things will work, times that things won't work, but it's how you deal with them and and how you learn from them that's the important thing. So this is very much a big learning experience for me. And, yeah, whilst I'm still sort of going through that process, hopefully I'll come out the other end geared with a a lot more knowledge that will set me up for whether it be the next step in my career or life in general uh yeah we'll we'll have to wait and see how that pans out hopefully it's not a painful journey (laughs) no i I think we'll have a lot more to to talk about i i I, look i can easily talk to you for ages but i i do feel maybe maybe we might leave that for the next part of the journey i think Mm -hmm. um first again i want to congratulate Congratulations for you, or congrats for you, or I can't yeah, get the words you. out. I want to <laughs> congratulate you. Thank you. My tongue was tired, Brief. If that does happen, um, people might not believe that. Listen to me chat away here, but I do get a bit tongue tied occasionally. But I um, <laughs> congratulate you again, Ads, for for making that that big step. Um, I, I think I'd like to invite you to make a few concluding comments just after this. But I feel for people listening. Um, if I can offer any of my own perspective and people into my listen to this around energy and frequency, what I've found is when you do take that step, um, you can find your whole world will change. It's not just in work, but it will in relationships and everything. Um, because I do believe that we do, in effect, we're kind of the frequency and people are, some people are into the law of attraction, some not, but, I guess from an energetic space and, and what I just talked about with Thomas Edison and, and inventor of the electricity and electricity wasn't something we were even aware of till he invented it. But it's, what I've found is that when you kind of value yourself more like what Adam's doing um, and take, you listen to the hunches, you energetically, you electric, electrically, you, you attract a different reality to step mm-hmm. into. And, and that's really powerful. So 
yeah, well done again on, on doing that. That's and no, thank you very much. Thank you very much. And and thanks for having me again on the podcast. Um, if I can say a couple of words that I guess how I feel at the moment, uh, the first one would be liberating. Um, uh, it's very much liberating in the sense of I'm now taking control when in the past, I guess, I've been controlled by the factors around me. So it, it's quite nice to feel that liberating feeling of I'm actually doing something and this is all my doing. It's not anyone else's doing. It's not, you know, being part of the system. It's, it's taking a leap of faith. Uh, and I would encourage that anyone that sort of feels constrained in that way, maybe to think about that, think about, you know, what they're doing, what they want to do, where they want to get to, and if they can do anything themselves to, to get to that place. Because at the end of the day, this might sound a bit, like I said before, I'm a bit of a pessimist. If the, or the only person that's going to look after you is you, and you can, you know, firms can say that they have your best interests at heart, but at the end of the day, they're a business too. And that's, I think, what we all need to remember. Um, so if there's things out there that you want to do, don't be afraid to, to take that leap of faith. Um, at, at the moment, it's, it's very rewarding to, to actually have done that and feel that self-control that maybe was lacking in the past. Fantastic, Ads. Thank you again for being part of this episode today. Thank you, everybody, for listening at home, wherever you are. Um, as Adam said, I hope it's a lot of value for you, and we'll be talking again very soon. So bye for now, Ads. Thanks for having me again, and speak to you all later. No worries. See you.